again, a medical analogy, sometimes I feel like we create a situation where in essence, we would be asking the doctor to make their own tools. That, that doesn't, that isn't always the knowledge and, and the skills that the doctor brings to the, to the patient. They, they, ha- they have knowledge. They know how to use the tools, but they may not know how to make the tools. Hello and welcome to Learning Machine, a podcast about the uncertain future of education in the 21st century. Each week we interview a researcher, practitioner, or policy expert as we look for answers to the big questions about the future of education. I'm Sam Squalachi, here with my co-host Nathan Levin. Today on the podcast, we're speaking to Tim Truitt, a longtime mathematics curriculum specialist and currently the director of mathematics at edreports.org, which is a nonprofit organization that analyzes and reviews different curricula and makes the reports free and openly available. As might be expected, our talk with Tim focused on what the research says about the instructional power of high-quality curricular materials. And our conversation highlighted an important but little acknowledged fact that While teachers specialize in instruction, and often in content knowledge, they're not necessarily specialists in designing classroom materials. As Tim put it, we wouldn't ask a doctor to make their own tools, so what does it mean that we are asking teachers to make theirs? Stay with us. Support and inspiration for Learning Machine comes from our listeners. If you've got a minute and want to let us know what you think of our work, visit our website, www.learningmachinepodcast.com. Okay, so Nathan, who's a better teacher? A teacher who has never learned anything about how to teach but is an expert in their content, or a teacher who is an expert at instruction, at teaching, but doesn't know much about their subject? It's such a difficult question. I feel like there's this idea in teaching that Being an expert in instruction means you can teach anything, anywhere. That's why teachers are so often shuffled around between different subject areas and different grade levels. But in my experience, each content area and each grade level and really each student can require different instructional moves. So I don't really think you can learn to teach something at the expert level without understanding it. Or in other words, content knowledge is a prerequisite to becoming an expert in instruction. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an expert just because you have the content knowledge. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, it's one of those arguments in education that doesn't really have a right answer. It's one of those which came first, the chicken or the egg sort of things. I think in truth, content knowledge is important and instructional practice is important. And they have to work in conjunction with each other. As Tim points out, I think an interesting aspect to that is that depending on the grade band you're talking about, it shifts a little bit. What I mean by that is, is I would say typically what I've encountered is in the lower grades, K2, K3, um, although I, I, I would say that, yes, I think content knowledge is important that that a lot of times content knowledge will get downplayed at those grades in favor of greater pedagogical skills, instructional practice. And as it transitions to high school, as students move up, those things sort of 
like flip a little bit to where by high school, they have to have content knowledge and a teacher has to have their content knowledge, but maybe their practice isn't as great. And I think as far as what uh, an opinion on it, they're both important all the way through. Um, and, and so I think sometimes that, that what happens is in wanting to answer with one or the other, we lose sight that both are really important. I love Tim's response here because it felt both honest and perceptive. And he points out that we have different opinions about this issue at different grade levels or at different points throughout a student's career. Like at the elementary level, we tend to think that teaching matters more than content knowledge. Meanwhile, a high school teacher can be a less able instructor, but is still considered highly qualified if they're an expert in their field. And this trend continues as we get into higher ed, where you often hear of professors who are at the top of their field, experts in what they do, but they have no idea how to teach. Yeah, it it makes me think that maybe passion for the subject is more important than content knowledge. It just happens that most people who are passionate about a subject eventually also become experts in that area. But anyways, this, this has brought us to this really interesting point, this idea that teaching can kind of be boiled down to three main components. And we created an image, which you can see on our website, which is this triangle of teaching. At one corner of the triangle, you have teaching practice, like how to teach, how to do instruction. Then at the next corner, you have content knowledge, which is like how expert you are in that subject. And then in the third corner, you have Tim's area of expertise, which is high quality instructional materials. One thing I I remember very vividly being exposed to was there was a a part of research that they referred to the, the Quasar study that at that point was like the early 90s, which talked about and showed the res- one of the results of the Quasar study was that a, and they re- the study referred to tasks. So really like individual problems that students would, would complete. In essence, what the study said was a high quality task implemented poorly still had a bigger impact than a lower quality task implemented well in terms of student learning and student outcomes. And so what I always, where where I sort of took that, those were individual tasks, right? And so to me, instructional materials, a curriculum became a compilation of the tasks, a, a combination and compilation of the tasks that you're putting in front of students. And so to me then, a teacher's impact, their their knowledge and their instructional practice to a certain extent then become limited based on the tasks that they're using with students. A high quality task implemented poorly has better outcomes than a low quality task implemented well. Think about that. In other words, the materials that teachers use matter. As Tim says, they actually can become a determining factor, even for a highly qualified teacher. To me, then, a teacher's impact, their their knowledge and their instructional practice, to a certain extent, then become limited 
based on the tasks that they're using with students. And so I, I guess I would liken it, I often make analogies to medicine, to doctors. You know, a doctor could have all the knowledge in the world and could have flawless technique. And if he's working with bad tools or faulty tools, then the outcome of the procedure wouldn't, not that it's a bad outcome per se, but it wouldn't be as strong as it could be. And I think a teacher is very much in the same sort of situation. They have their knowledge of their content. They have their instructional practice or their pedagogical content knowledge that they bring in. Both of those can be very high. If they're then in a situation, though, where for whatever reason, they might have less than stellar tools, in this case, which would be the tasks, the problems, the materials that they're interacting with their students with, then then the outcome, again, it may not be a bad outcome. It just isn't as strong as it could be. It isn't as positive of an outcome as it could be. So, so to me, the, the material sort of becomes a modulating variable in the, in the equation. I think it's important to say here, Tim was really good about his framing of this. You know, as a former teacher, I initially bristled at this idea that curriculum could beat good instruction. But of course, that's not really what's being said here. Right. It's more so that high quality tasks put together into a high quality curriculum are a tool that all teachers should have access to so that they can really focus on the thing that they've been trained to do, which is teach. And this is where one of the first places where I would say instructional materials, quality instructional materials begin to help the teacher. They become, again, the better the tool for the teacher, um, the better the teaching and learning, out, better of teaching and better learning outcomes for the students. Because it can be the materials who have been, you know, designed and put together by people that that is, that's their passion. That it, that's what they do is, is design these materials. And they build in supports based on prior grade level work for students. Um, again, not not supports for special populations or English learners or other different groups that sometimes students get lumped into sometimes, but in differentiation for students of the grade level work. And they're building it on the prior grade levels. So again, the teachers aren't having to go to different places. Everything's there ready for them to be able to help the students as they need it in the moment with the help that is needed. As schools return this fall, after the COVID-19 related closures and hybrid models from the last year, there is a major concern about the unfinished learning, the gaps created by all of the lost in-person instruction time. There will be an inclination among school districts to create time for remediation and catch-up courses for students. But as Tim points out, this plan is only going to make the problem worse. In your opinion, what are going to be some of the critical actions that teachers or schools can take to address unfinished learning, in, in particular in mathematics? Um, well, I think if I was to, to sum it all up in 
sort of one thing I would, a big critical action would be getting right to grade level work, the, the grade that the student is currently in. And in the article that I wrote, I talk about um, acceleration of grade level learning. As we, as we said, as we talked about earlier, mathematics does include these vertical progressions. There is coherence, um, not only vertical progressions within an individual strand of knowledge, but also coherent connections to other um, strands of knowledge, such as from geometry to number sense to algebra, and all of those move and have different connections together. And I think so often we teachers and schools and districts, we have focused on what a student doesn't have when they come in to any grade um, as opposed. And we then try to we diagnose those things and we we want to focus on fixing those. Well, all all while we're trying to fill in that which is missing the school year's going days are going by any teacher would say that you know you get to the end of the school year and and you almost never feel like you got everything done that you wanted to get done or that was important um and so this this time that gets used trying to fill in different areas in all honesty in some instances the things trying to be filled in Maybe they aren't needed right away at the beginning of the school year um, in terms of the learning that's going to occur first in that new grade level. Um, maybe it's not as important at all for the grade level students are getting ready to go through. And, and so the time that get used, gets used trying to fill in gaps, if we just went straight to grade level learning and then as we came to something and a student in essence sort of tells or shows or demonstrates that there's something missing. Well, now, not only now we can address what the student hasn't yet learned, but we also have extra need for it because it's in the moment. And so we've also provided a little bit of motivation for the student, which is to say, we want you to do this thing that you're responsible for in this grade we've started this year. And guess what? We need to, we need to go back and address this unfinished learning from before to help you do that. This is where a strong set of curricular tasks, the teacher's tools and equipment become so overwhelmingly important. As Tim shows, a high quality curriculum can help to ensure that teachers can continue teaching at grade level while addressing learning gaps in the moment because the materials have built-in supports to help students who might be missing some of the prerequisite knowledge. Uh, I talked about getting on grade level learning, acceleration of grade level learning, but I would also think about it as switching from a little bit of a deficit mindset, what do students not have, to more of an asset-based mindset or asset-based language, they, they have things they're coming in with. How can we use that to get at what we're trying to do in this new grade? And we fill in the unfinished learning as we need it. Our guest today was Tim Truitt from edreports.org. Uh, his most recent articles are about these very ideas we've been talking about in the podcast today. Check out our websites for links to those.
Your homework this week is to join our community discussion forum on Reddit. You can find a link on our website, www.learningmachinepodcast.com. We think that it's important to create a space for educational discussion and debate, and we're trying to encourage as many listeners as we can to join the forum. Each week, we'll post a debate topic along with the release of that week's episode. I'm Sam Scolacci. And I'm Nathan Levin. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I just think passion. You know, Sam, I think students feed off of passion like small succubi living on the body of a whale. They're just tagging along. But if you're not interested in what you're teaching the students, they're not going to be interested in learning from you. <laughs>